with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello and welcome to this holiday episode of The Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish woman activist on radio and television and streaming internationally through every major social media outlet. I want to thank you so much for celebrating Labor Day weekend and Labor Day week festivities with us. Labor Day is always such an exciting time because it's the end of some things and it's the beginning of others. And we are so excited tonight to feature culture and entertainment like we haven't in a long time. We are going to speak with two actors and filmmakers, Tracy Melchior, who you know so well from The Bold and the Beautiful and who really should be brought back on because her character's son on the show really needs his mom right now and actor Kevin Sorbo, Hercules. They actually work together in Hercules and they both have new projects and they're gonna share all the details and some exclusives behind the scenes with you. And I am going to share my involvement with this September's New York Fashion Week because everybody knows that in the world of fashion and style and red carpets and runways, there is nothing like September's Fashion Weeks in New York and throughout Europe. So before we begin, I just want to tell you a little bit about Labor Day. So join me in my opening, my pearls of wisdom, because I am Zisel Peril, Sweet Pearl, and I am a proud Jewish American patriot who supports Israel, Zionism, and Judeo-Christian values. And you don't have to be Jewish to be a part of this show to have some fun. So let's talk about Labor Day. You know, people today think of Labor Day as barbecues, sales, going back to school, beach parties, and everything that Labor Day is not really affiliated with. You see, Labor Day was started as a federal holiday in the 1800s and signed into law by President Grover Cleveland to honor American labor workers, to honor their contributions to our wealth and prosperity and growth. Think about that. American labor workers being honored for their abilities to help America grow, help that their prosperity and make them a superpower. Now, many countries around the world celebrate Labor Day in their own ways, and many of them do it in what they call May Day. But what's different about ours? Ours started to promote and help and grow the labor movement here all labor, even support union labor. Because when unions were started, they were very different than what they are today. Unions were started to protect workers and to give them power. Very different than today. Think about what's going on in the Biden administration. Are we really helping workers? Are we helping small business owners? 
are we helping the restaurant owners, especially in, in blue cities where they are struggling with high crime, high cost, and no safety? With inflation the way it is and the deals we are making with China, are we really celebrating Labor Day? To every teacher out there and every supervisor and every parent, how are your schools teaching Labor Day in their history classes, whether it's in kindergarten and second grade or high school or advanced in college? Are you learning that American labor and business is good or bad? How about those on Wall Street and those in real estate who invest and who help others invest to prosper in America? We really need to think about celebrating Labor Day every day. If we are to make America great, bring it back and make it greater, and think about an honest checks and balances system in our country from both parties. Because believe me, it doesn't take one party to destroy Labor Day in America. It takes two, and it doesn't happen overnight. But let's forget about that for just a day. Take a little brief vacation. Go over to your store owners and say thank you for supporting your community. Go take out food from a small business pizzeria or a Chinese takeout. If they, you know, especially if people are here legally. Thank the local pharmacist, your doctors, their labor, and never forget that this country would not have become a superpower in the 20th century had it not been for the hard labor of people who are proud to be American. So let's not take their dream away of giving better to their children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. Let's honor them this Labor Day. Talk about them. Teach your children some points about Labor Day, the history of it, and make them proud that you are part of a labor force in the greatest democracy and the greatest superpower of 2022. We'll be right back with Tracy Melchior, followed by Kevin Sorbo. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, your host for Black and White, and I'm also an investment advisor with over 50 years of experience in investing. Inflation is at a near 50-year high and perhaps going higher. The capital markets for the first six months of 2022 was the worst performing in almost 50 years. Two generations and perhaps more have never experienced this level of inflation. You may have had some significant declines in your portfolio of investments in the first six months and are asking, what does the future hold? And by the way, what should I be doing now? I have grave concerns 
that we have not seen the peak in inflation. And because it may be around for some time, I want to introduce you to the Black and White Gold Ownership Program run by Ira and his team at Advisor Metals. So go to blacksandwhites.us and click on the gold bar to take you directly to Ira to work with him to see if gold is right for you and your portfolio in protecting your investments. This is Dan Perkins. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to this very special Hollywood episode. And joining us now is somebody you know for years. Her work, of course, she's most famous for her role as Kristen Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful, but she's also been on One Life to Live in Sunset Beach. You recognize her from so many supporting roles in movies like Beverly Hills Cops 3. She's wrote uh, scripts, she's produced movies, and I love two things about her. She is an animal uh, lover and she supports advocacy for animals and for social justice issues. She is an activist. Tracy Melcourt, thank you so much for joining the Jewett Patriot. I am blessed to be here. Thank you so much. So, you know, I must tell you something with everybody coming back on The Bold and the Beautiful, I think Zenday needs his mother back. What Your do you think? Your lips to God's ears. Yes, I do too. I miss I miss being there. I miss my friends. A lot of, um, you know, like with Sean Kanan coming back, you know, we did Sunset Beach together too. So he and I go way back. Um, it would be good. I, I think there's a lot of story that has been, you know, left on the table that should really be tapped into. Especially since he's not having such a great uh, love life these days, and he could probably use a mom's shoulder to cry on. Yeah, I just, it seems like a no brainer to me. I think I'm missing something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree with you. And I hope um, eventually they uh, decide to tap into that. Well, Tracy, you're busier than ever. Every time I talk with you, you have another project, whether you're writing <laughs> or producing, whether or not you're with your horses. And of course, your wonderful family. Another thing we have in common, both sons, both of us have sons. We are boy mommies. Yes. Tell us what is going on in your life these days. Well, it's funny you talk about my love for animals. You can see my doggy right there. <laughs> I was like, should I kick him out? Is he distracting? You know, they say never act with animals or pets because they're always upstaging you. <laughs> so I was like, I can't make him. He's sleeping. Um, but yeah, I... I'm definitely always, like you said, I want to be outside either hiking my, with my dogs or riding my horse. Um, and yeah, my two boys are the, you know, they're flipped ages. I got 12 and 21, my big age gap. Um, my oldest is doing tech sales. And then my youngest is um, just got promoted to skip a grade of school. So I love that they're kind of um, blowing apart that whole blondes are not smart stereotype. My boys are both blonde and they're both super smart. So they make me really proud. <laughs> and I also have to be proud of one of your uh, latest projects. It's been getting a lot of notice, especially at film festivals throughout the country. And that's called The Runner. And what I like about The Runner, I mean, every conversation we have, we talk about uh, what is going on in the headlines. And this movie really deals with two topics that are front and center, which is drug abuse and law enforcement. So tell us a little bit about The Runner. So The Runner is a film about a, a boy who got um, messed up in the drug scene and his girlfriend actually overdoses. She um, fortunately survives, but she's never the same mentally. 
Um, and I play the girlfriend's mother in this um, film. And yeah, I mean, the thing with the law enforcement's tricky, you know, because I'm very pro-law enforcement, but definitely there are some flaws in how we have dealt with law enforcement and, you know, dealing with the drug crisis that's going on. And it's, it's really unique too. I think, you know, I myself had this like vision of a drug addict, you know, it's someone who just didn't want to be responsible and, um, you know, just, you know, not a whole lot of empathy from me in the past, I have to admit, until I had personal experience with this, with someone very close to us. And it changes your perspective. And I think it's really important um, for people to understand fentanyl is a completely different drug. Um, and the thing that I'm really passionate about is getting the word out that these are not like your average, like drug addicts who start and abuse drug for years. These, these kids, a lot of kids or adults are dying very quickly from fentanyl because it's potent. And a lot of times they don't know what they're taking. And that is what is different about this situation. So I'm honored to be a part of a project that gives me somewhat of a platform, like doing shows like this today, to speak a little bit more about it. Because like I said, I have some firsthand experience. You also have something unique in Hollywood, a long-term marriage. And you are married to a police officer. So... I mean, this is great that you do so much advocacy for law enforcement. Tell us a little bit about what is currently going on in law enforcement and your projects. Yeah, so 23 years married to a police officer, which, you know, law enforcement and acting do not have really good track records for long marriages. So we're, we're super proud super proud of that. Um, and we do still like each other. So that's also a positive. Um, but yeah, with law enforcement, my husband's nearing retirement, which is great. And I don't think people realize how many officers are retiring early right now, leaving the profession. Um, it's really recruitment is an enormous problem. And I think, you know, it's kind of that absence makes the heart grow fonder thing that's going to happen is people don't realize how much they need and rely on law enforcement um, until they're gone. And, you know, for instance, my husband has not had to do patrol, which means, you know, you take radio calls, someone calls in and they respond. He has not had to do that for, gosh, a very long time. I want to say over a decade because of his longevity, but he actually is doing patrol. The last week he had to do it for the first time because they're pulling guys from every division and every, you know, seniority to take a shift on patrol because they don't have the officers to cover it. Well, uh, you certainly do your advocacy and you are very outspoken together as a couple and as a wife of someone in law enforcement. I'm going to ask you something else that's a very big topic right now. Uh, you are best known for daytime dramas, and it was recently announced that Days of Our Lives is leaving NBC for yeah. streaming, and that leaves three shows, and you were part when you were on Sunset Beach, an NBC show. What is going on in the industry? They, you know, this was an a, a arena at one point, probably 15, 16 shows between the three stations, among the three stations, plus nighttime TV had some as well. What is the discussion among many of you who really made 
careers on daytime? Well, I think it's, it's such a shame because it is such a fun genre. I mean, the fans, the longevity, I mean, what I really love about soaps versus a lot of the other shows you see right now is, I don't know if it's happened to you, but you get invested in the show. You start really liking the characters and then it's over. And they just leave you hanging because they didn't get picked up for another season or what have you. And with soaps, you were able to invest for years and decades. And and I, I think that um, I'm hoping people are reminded of that where you can, I mean, I like being able to count on things, right? I don't love change. So I'm hoping that there's a shift where people are like, ah, I start liking a show and they're gone. You know, they only do three or four seasons. Um, But yeah, unfortunately when soaps were, when I first started in soaps, there were nine on the air at the time. And um, I think if I were to guess what's happening, it's not so much the soaps are doing anything wrong. Although I'd like to say, because I'm not on it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but um I think that what's happening is it used to be all that was on during the day right that was your option if you were home during the day that was what you watched now you can you know stream anything anytime so you can watch a nighttime primetime show at 12 in, in the afternoon you know so it's it's different they're competing against um there's just so much content and so many platforms out there and they're just getting lost like regular just you know cbs nbc people aren't really watching that anymore everything is streamed and things get kind of buried and they're um getting lost well uh i happen to agree with you but you know people forget that the jobs even in hollywood (laughs) besides the acting it's all the tech people the food caterers the makeup artists all of that falls into play every time a soap leaves a network yeah. or a soap isn't produced. But um, I mean... Well, I'm I glad just, you brought that up because one of the other things they're doing to save money because they're not getting the, um, you know, the revenue from the advertising. Well, what they do is like they're shortening their work week, which is, you know, for Bold and the Beautiful, it's only a half hour show. So it's, it's easier for them to do it. But these hour long shows, they have a lot of pages to get through. Um, but like they'll shorten their week. So they won't tape on Fridays, right. Or something like that. Well, that doesn't affect the actor because we get paid per episode. So we're getting, you know, oh, we get to work in half the time or less time and record more episodes. We get paid per episode, but like what you said, the crew, the tech people, they're more on, you know, a daily. So that's one day of work they're missing. And so that's very, um, shows how empathetic you are of a person to even think of that. Well, thank you. I uh, have to ask you, who do you still keep in touch with from Bold and Beautiful? It seemed like such a nice, close-knit group off-screen. If anybody follows social media, we see especially the girls hang out all the time together. Yeah, so I would say mostly Kimberlyn Brown um, and uh, Catherine Kelly Lang. Catherine and I used to ride horses together a lot. We share that in common. And she actually bought one of my horses one time. And so we had that extra um, offset bond that we did quite a bit. And then um, Sean Kanan a little bit and Windsor. You know, Windsor used to come and watch my son play hockey, which was awesome. And who else am I missing? Maeve. Maeve Quinlan as well. 
Oh, wow. So you do keep in touch and it, you keep in touch with a lot of your family on screen. So yeah, hint, hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, I adore them. Good people. Really great job. Really well, great job. What next project are you doing? So I'm still working on my documentary for law enforcement. It's been a little slow going, but um, I'm nearing the finish. I, you know, I get distracted with little um, other things going on, but, um, and then just timing for it. I felt like when things were so heated, wasn't the time. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you're in a big fight with your husband, sometimes it's better to just like walk away and things cool down. So I've just been kind of hoping for the right time to get that launched out. And so I just, I really am pretty close to having my first episode of that complete and ready. That's incredible. And I know that uh, you're on the show today with Kevin Sorbo. You guys are longtime friends. You've done a lot of projects together. And uh, I know you really are very much involved in a strong you know, faith-based group and a lot of the people that do these independent films. Uh, so you have kept yourself quite busy since B&B. Oh, yes. Thank you. And yeah, I think honestly I did Hercules with Kevin. Um, flew to New Zealand. I want to say that was maybe my second union job ever. Uh, maybe third. I was very early in my career. I was in my early 20s and it was awesome. What a great gig. I had so much fun there and he was, um, you know, very warm and welcoming. He wasn't like, oh, I'm the star of the show and, you know, that kind of thing. It was like, hey, I, hi, I'm Kevin. I heard you're down here filming and, you know, what can I help you with? You know, it was really nice. And so I had a lot of respect for that. So Bold and Beautiful is probably the number one show in Europe from what I understand. I think it still is, especially in the Mediterranean countries. Mm -hmm. And this is an international show that is being aired through European uh, channels. What would you like to say to your audience and your fans? Oh my gosh, I miss you. Um, I I would say I was kind of the one, one of the good things that came out of COVID. We, I always look for silver linings and things. And it was kind of fun because since they weren't taping, they aired some of the old episodes. And so um, that was kind of fun. And I hope that it was, you know, a good reminder of Kristen Forrester and what a great character she is and storyline. And I miss you all. And I hope to see you. I would love to do one of those remotes that they do overseas soon. You know, those are so much fun. And then I could meet some of those fans. We actually have some fans that I keep in touch with from overseas that when they come into LA and they're like, can I please say hi? Can we meet for coffee? It's so nice. We had the best so fans nice yeah. Yes, you do. You really do. Because I, I, not only you, but the other friends, and we have some mutual ones, they will say the same thing. They, they do. Say. They like, they're, they remember my birthday. I mean, I haven't been on the show in, in a minute, you know, and I still get birthday messages from them or they post like, wish Tracy Milk here a happy birthday. And I'm like, oh, it means so much. Well, Tracy, where can our audience reach out to you? Um, so, I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, Tracy, just Y underscore Melchior, which is, no one knows how to spell that, but it's M-E-L-C-H-I-O-R. It's like Melchior, but spelled I-O-R. Um, and yeah, I'm not very active on Twitter, but Instagram and Facebook mostly. Well, we have to have you in person in studio next time. You've been with us on tape before. 
she was with us when we were only radio so she's part of the growth of the show yeah tracy it's again the movie tell everybody the runner where could they watch it um, the Runner is actually going to be released limited in some theaters on the 19th um, of August, and then it's going to go to streaming, and I'm not exactly sure what platforms or anything, but I will, you know, put it out on social media and everything, and yeah, if you're, you know, care about this fentanyl stuff, maybe support the film and what it's trying to do. And also to support, I, I think now people have a different respect for law enforcement, given what's going on with the high crime rates across the country. It doesn't matter what political party you're involved in. Anybody with common sense sees what's going on. Yeah, I hope we can all agree on there's a right and a wrong. And, you know, and we unfortunately sometimes need people to remind others that, hey, that's not right. You can't take that. You can't do that. And, um, you know, they're the ones willing to step in when we can't make it work as citizens amongst ourselves. And sometimes we need someone willing to do that. And I'm grateful that they're they're willing to take those calls. So. So everybody listening and watching and following, make sure you, you let Bold and Beautiful know that you want her back on the show. Mm -hmm. You know Zenday needs his mommy right now. I Tracy, know, I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, hey! <laughs> Tracy Melchior, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. You're always welcome back. Oh, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Somebody you all know, you all respect, and you can't wait to see his new movie, which he produced, directed, and starred in. Kevin Sorbo, thank you so much for joining us at the Jewess Patriot. You've been on previous shows of mine, and I'm very excited to have some updates from you about the land of Hollywood and what is going on with conservatives who work in the Hollywood community. Yes, I got plenty to talk about that. Trust me. So um, let's. Let, I'm ready. Let's go for it. So first, let's talk about the new movie. It's great. You, you know what? I, I'm so happy to see that you are so strong in your beliefs that you're actually taking action, and you're like not doing the talk, but you're actually doing the walk. You're doing everything behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. And you're getting some great co-stars with you, like John Ratzenberger and your wife. Yep. And uh, even Louis Gossett Jr. joined yep. you. So tell us about the movie. Actually, I got three movies we can talk about and two new documentaries. Those things are done in the can and ready to come out over the next six to eight months. It really depends on when they're going to uh, fly them out there. But um, the, the one you're talking about is called Miracle in East Texas. It's a true story from 1930. Um, I directed as well, Starnet, and John Ratzenberger and I play these two con men that will go through Oklahoma and Texas, conning women out of their money, conning widows out of their money on fake oil wells. They will sell 500% of the shares, declare a dry hold, and move to the next town. You never get away with that today, but this is you know right in the heart of the Depression, 1930. They got to Kilgore, Texas. They strike oil by accident. They didn't weren't, weren't planning on it. This is being the largest oil find in the history of the world. 
So not only is it a true story, but there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good dramatic moments in it, but a lot of good humor in it. Lou Gossett Jr. is in it as well as Tyler Maine. People might know Tyler Maine as Jason and all those horror movies. Uh, this big six foot nine. He's a wrestler. He he's from Canada. He was a uh, uh, one of those one of those uh, World Federation wrestler guys. Great guy. And uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful movie. It's got a PG rating, and uh, the whole family can go to it. And uh, it's um, we're very excited for it. So I, I, that that's going to be coming out. I just directed the next Left Behind book. For those who didn't know, the next Left Behind uh, stories, um, written by Tim, uh, LaHaye and also Jerry Jenkins. They wrote the books. Uh, Dallas Jenkins, the son of Jerry Jenkins, is now doing The Chosen right now, which has just exploded and become a very big uh, around the world. But uh, this one is called Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist. And then I just finished the Ronald Reagan movie with Dennis Quaid. He plays the president and I play his uh, his pastor in it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm staying busy and I, I I love it. And I'm kind of doing stuff on my own. Hollywood gave me the boot about 12 years ago. I was I was part of cancel culture before it became cancel culture, because apparently being a conservative and a Christian in Hollywood is really taboo. And, uh, you know, it's like being a double leper. So I'm uh, I, it's OK. Hollywood owes me nothing. And uh, I'm still able to do what I love to do. And that's make movies. And it seems to be that you and your wife, Sam, are, yep. are busier than ever. I see her doing a lot of work with fellow yeah. uh, outspoken uh, pro-America first people. Well, and uh, it's well, a she, dream. She does a lot of uh, homeschool speaking across the country. And I think one of the blessings of COVID is that woke up the American public to see how horrible our public education system was. And we've been on it for decades. And uh, now two million more kids now are being homeschooled, thank God. So she travels the country talking about that. So since education is where I come from and I have the longest running lawsuit against Randy Weingarten, like you said, Hollywood, I was, I was CRT before it was popular. I was a whistleblower beforehand, but I will tell you, I just wrote an article about how people going back to school and even with all the headlines on Fox and Newsmax about parents fighting and, and the high cost of supplies, we are still losing our battles. So she has a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah, we got, we got to fight. People can't, we need people, as, you know, I, I say, I'm, I'm not, can't wake up the sheep, but I got to wake up the lions. People cannot be afraid to speak out. I mean, I, when I do these movies I've been doing, I have actors come up to me and I'm not going to name their names, but they say, hey, we love you being a voice for us. And I want not be a voice for us as well, but they're, oh, we don't want to happen to us happen to you. Yeah, I don't get invited now to be able to read for big budget movies, but that's fine. I want to do movies that have hope and love and redemption and faith and laughter, all the stuff that made me want to be an actor in the first place, watching all these old movies from Hollywood. I grew up watching all these rerun black and white movies because of my mom, you know, they like the Spencer Tracy ones, the Catherine Hepburn, the Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart. Those are the movies I wanted to be part of. And that's the movies I'm going to continue to do because you see what Hollywood's putting out there. And you look at the, the recent success of Top Gun. That should wake Hollywood up to say, that's what America wants. They want movies like that because that movie didn't have any kind of negative message in it. It didn't have any kind of agenda to really push. It was just a really good movie with, with good action, but it was just a really good movie. And it was like, we need more movies like that. It's funny you say that because I was recently watching not uh, the Great American Family Network. And one of your movies that you did probably with Hallmark was on it. And you've done so many great family. And you just said it again also with the family idea. We need family entertainment and we need politics out of our entertainment you mentioned you liked Catherine Hepburn she was a democrat but you didn't mind watching 
No. But she did because it was great entertainment. Sure, exactly. Well, you know, we used look, I still have I've lost friends because of the politics. And I, I always find from the left, I find it interesting. I don't harbor that kind of anger and hatred to somebody who has a different point of view, because that's the way it's supposed to be in America. You're supposed to have your own point of view, but all they have all they have is anger and hate. Uh, and they, they love the right. divisiveness. Are there some people on the right that get angry too? Yes, there are. But I say it's far more. Antifa, are you kidding me? Those are the guys. They say they're against fascism. They are actually fascist. So it's it's just, it's so weird to me what's going on in the world right now. And it's so weird that we let, my city, I grew up in Minneapolis, which is turning into California, turning in, you know, to LA and San Francisco and Seattle and Portland with all this, this, these liberals running it and running it into the ground and people leaving like crazy. I just read, well, the last two years has been the biggest leave of California alone. California's lost 5 million uh, citizens in the last 10 years. 500,000 people here on average have moved out of California. You think after a while you're going, okay, maybe we're not doing something right here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Florida. I'm, I've got the best governor in the country with DeSantis. The guy's a rock star. That's right. And uh, he, all he does is get attacked as well. But that, that's fine. I get attacked. I post stuff. And I was like, I don't care. These people you know what? Are, you have a fan base around the world that appreciates you so oh, much more. You. And they are steady with you. And like you said, because I hear it all the time, whether or not it's in the fashion world, whether or not it's TV mm -hmm. or the, all the re Bravo reality stars practically are all with us. Yeah. And, and it is so true. And I'm in New York and the same thing. They can't figure out everybody's leaving here, going down to you. Because it's an illness. It's a sickness. <laughs> I think it's just, it's like, it, it doesn't matter how much common sense you throw at people. Because now we got this whole thing about from the left saying, well, this is my truth. No, there's only one truth. Two plus two is four. It's always going to be four. Quit redefining everything. Quit trying to re rewrite history. I look at Orwell. I wrote that, I read that 1984 book long long time ago and he wrote that when in the 50s or something and he's right everything he's saying is true he says they're going to come and take down the statues they're going to rewrite history they're going to redefine all words and my god here it is you know 70 years later and all this stuff is coming true it's amazing well i think well i would say what goes around comes around and this is going to have a very very bad reaction it's going to go down a little more but it's going to come back stronger because common sense people from both sides are going to yep. come together yep. because just as much. And I see it. There are people who are extreme on the right and then they don't oh, stand sure. with me, not the way they speak or act. No. I don't want to be a part of them either. Yeah. Well, look, I, one of the weirdest things to me, I remember I had this battle with, a, with an actress uh, years ago talking about that. Like you look at the voting system and they said that to, for a black person to have to show an ID to vote is racist. And to listen to her describe to me how it's racist made me just laugh. So I said, okay, so if an African-American goes to United Airlines to get on the plane, they don't have to show an ID? She goes, well, yeah, you got to show an ID for that. Oh, but you don't need to show an ID to vote for the strongest position in the free country, free world? I mean, there's no logic to that whatsoever. And there was a guy that went in, he came, he went into the Bronx. And he, 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 did, he did a poll he, on tape. He's got like a couple hundred African-Americans. I thought we're all Americans. I'm a Norwegian-American, by the way. Anyway, so it's, it's it, and asked, uh, do you have an ID? And they all said, yeah, of course we have an ID. Where's the DMV? It's right there. And his name, name is the street. They, it's, it's so weird how the Democrats want to keep the black population down. And they do it through education as well. And they really do. When someone like Biden said back in 2012, when Obama was running for re-election, he said that the Republicans want to keep you all in chains. No, that's BS. 
There's there's no money in it for the Democrats if we allow black people to become successful. And I want everybody to become successful in this country. That's why we have the thing called the American dream. But now you get attacked for that. I've got a very dear friend. I'm not going to say his name. He's fr he's from, a, you know, he was raised by his mother. He's black. He said, Kevin, if I go back to my neighborhood, they look down on me. I'm an Uncle Tom because I worked hard to become successful. That's but the right. guy that's just spent eight years in prison who comes back, they hail him like he's a king, you know. Hey, man, you're back out. And you're kind of going, that's okay, right. where where is this? At? How can we turn this around to say, guys, we need to break this chain that uh, right. has kept them in chains. And we need people to have, uh, you know, a, a chance to be successful in America. It's no matter what race you're from. If you That's apply right. yourself and work hard, you can have success. I didn't grow up with any money. My dad was a school teacher with five kids, you know, but he, he taught all of us to work hard. And five kids on a school teacher's salary. Are you kidding me? I don't know how he did it when I look at it today. And it's again, you're talking family values, yeah. pro-life, abortion. Uh I, I, you you understand because you're pro-life. People no. think that we're eliminating abortion. No, but we're eliminating the federal government paying for all of it and people having the choice in their states to choose what no. to do with abortion. I, I come from a state and your previous state, people are going to be able to get abortions all they want. Sure, you're, you can kill your baby. These are the same people that want to save trees, by the way. That's one that the hypocrisy cracks me up. It's murder. I don't care how you say it. I do a lot of pro-life speaking. That's a human being. And my body, my choice. Like, no, it's not your body. Because if it was your body, you'd be dead. It's as simple as that. You also visit Israel a lot. And you are with the yep. Jewish Patriot. And we know you support Israel, the yep. country and the people. Tell us about, I know you go a lot. When's your next trip? And uh, what are you planning to do there? You know you also what? film I, a lot. I just got back from there. I filmed my second documentary. I was there for three weeks. We did a documentary on the uh, on the um, the uh, the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant, tracing it as far as we could possibly do through archaeological digs and everything. Uh, fascinating. It's my third trip. Please, please join us next year. Everybody listening, if you want to go on a trip, we've done it before back in 2019. We're taking a group in May of 2023. We're going to cap it off at 60 people. Uh, go to SorboStudios.com. That's SorboStudios.com. And you can find the link on there. And get all the information. We have that we have the 10-day itinerary in there. And it's amazing. And this last trip that I went on, um, the people that are going to be our guides, again, we have three amazing guides. That two of them live there full-time. The other one uh, spends half the time here in West Palm Beach, the other half over in Israel. Um, boy, do they know their stuff. And I went to places this time around that I didn't, to go, didn't get to go to before. And we're going to add it on to the itinerary. It's, uh, it's incredible. And I tell my agnostic and atheist friends, I go, look. There's not any scholarly atheist or agnostic that denies that there was a man named Jesus that walked the grounds there. So um, to walk in those footsteps, just to see it, the history is there. And it's, it's amazing. The people are great. Um, the food is fantastic. And uh, I'm a history. Uh, I, I love history. And I know we're erasing that in American schools and we're tearing down statues. But uh, I, I think that uh, anybody who's got the chance and the means to get over there and join us on this trip, they're going to have uh, the trip of a lifetime. So where are some of the th places you go and see or what have you done that you take um, Well, you, you know, it, it, here's the thing about, I had the same, same image when I, I lived in Europe for three and a half year, years. When I got to Rome, everything was a Kodak moment. And I found the same thing going through Israel, no matter where you are. If you go to the, 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 the church of the sepulcher where Jesus was crucified, if, if you go out to um, just go, go along, go along the, 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 the Mediterranean there, uh, there's an area, they have their own version of Four Corners. There's a Four Corners in America where it's where um, 
Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and New Mexico meet. And there's a plaque there. You can jump on each state right there. Well, you go to the southern border of, of Israel, and you've got Saudi Arabia, you got Jordan, and you got Egypt. And they all meet up in the same place. And it's kind of cool because that's a bigger trip to take. I doubt if we'll do that on this trip because it's a long bus, bus ride to get all the way down there. But in this trip, we got to see it. And that place, that place to me was 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 just magical. But, um, you know, you, you get to go to the river, uh, the location where they believe that, well, they knew what happened in that river, but where, where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Um, just there's just so many places to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, it just the list just goes on and on and on. It was just um, it was just pretty cool to, to be able to see the things that I got to see. And uh, since you did mention you are in the area of Palm Beach where 45 is, do you get to go to Malago a lot? Mar-a-Lago. I do. I do. In fact, I was there. Uh, I I got to back up with President Trump. I'm going to pull up a picture. I got to go with um, to to uh, Mar-a-Lago the first time. And President Trump walked in. It was at Mar-a-Lago at dinner. It was the second time that he got acquitted for that stupid Russian, um, you know, collusion thing, which was just so ridiculous that they were trying to hold him and say he was doing that. And the president and I had golfed together back in 2005 at a charity event. We got three days to spend together. And I hadn't seen him since then. He walked in. I got a very funny tweet. P- please follow me on Twitter. It's at K Sorbs. It's not Sorbo. It's Sorbs, like my buddies always called me growing up. So it's at K Sorbs. I post once a day. I got about 1.2 million followers. Facebook took me down a year and a half ago. So that's disappeared. Well, Twitter so took me wa- down. So we're- oh, you can't post the truth. Zuckerberg's a wuss. I, I, I challenged him out to have a debate, debate with him one on one. Not looking at fight. They took me I'm down for an obituary for a chairman. No. I swear they took me down right after I reposted the New York Post obituary for the chairman of the conservative party. And I wrote a friend and a mentor. And the next thing I knew, my both accounts of mine were gone. Unbelievable. It's like, and they call it misinformation. I was posting most of the stuff about COVID. And I would say, here's 10,000 more doctors saying masks are useless. And of course I'm right. They are useless. I I have a book called True Strength. And in that book, I'm able to, I deal, I talk with a lot of doctors and I've asked over five, I've asked 5,000 about masks. And they say, yeah, they pretty much, they, they, they don't really stop it. They don't, doctors wear them so they don't like spit while they're, you know, while they're doing surgery and things like that. But he walked by me, the president, I haven't seen him in 15 years. And he goes, Kev, I love your tweets. Cause he retweeted me about 10 times during the, during the, um, um, uh, the, the election last cycle. Anyway, his assistant came up and said, the president would love to golf with you again. So we've golfed a few times since then. So this is the most recent one. We golfed at his course at Mar-a-Lago, not at Mar-a-Lago, at the Trump International. It's an amazing golf course. Had a great time out there. Uh, those are just a couple of buddies of his. And um, uh, I know he's up in Jersey now. He's summers back up there. So it's, it's, they had me come in. I got to be the host for Lincoln Day Dinner, which is incredible. So I got to introduce, you know, the president to come up, the Santas to come up, Pompeo to come up, Rick Scott to come up. Uh, it, was, it was great. And uh, they've had me speak there a couple of times, which is awesome. You were honored there because the last time you were on the show, yeah. you were just honored like a couple of days previously there. So it's yeah, I think I've been there. I've been, there about, I've been there about 10 times already in the last year and a half. So it's just been pretty cool. And they've asked me to screen one of my movies there. So we're trying to put together probably one of my documentaries to go there and screen that there. So uh, uh, it's been great. This has been a great move for me here. I've met so many great people here, so many strong Americans. And, you know, people are waking up and people are getting it, which is fantastic. Well, I think more and more people are going to get it as we see um, 
more craziness go on in Washington and in states like California and New York. And uh, we're just so happy to have you here. We didn't even talk a lot about your other movies. I know you're working with a friend of mine, Jen Goatson, on a movie. Well, I came out, you know, Jen and I shot that a while ago. We've talked about another one, but, you know, funding hasn't happened for that yet. Um, the frust Here's the frustrating thing. I do movies in the three to four million range. That sounds like a lot of money. That's nothing. Wow. Hollywood does 200 to 300 million dollar movies. The Avatar, The Avengers, The Pirates of the Caribbean. Three, four million dollars is catering budget on those movies, okay? And you see the movies Hollywood puts out in the agenda that they push. Like I mentioned, I do movies that are fan. There's 80 million homes in America that want the kind of movies I do. But the trouble is when Hollywood does these big budget movies, they spend $100 million promoting them. That's why you see the trailer in every commercial and every, they're on every TV show, every sporting event. We have to rely on word of mouth. So um, we're, I, the biggest fight I have is trying to raise $3 million bucks to do a good movie. But we, you know, we've been fortunate enough to keep things going. Um, I don't take a big buy. I take the SAG minimum. I take the DGA minimum. And uh, I'm not cutting myself you know, three, $8 million salaries. I just want to do, I love this industry. I love the movies that I do. And, you know, I've been very blessed to keep on doing it. So um, I do have two documentaries coming out. Uh, the one is the one from Israel. We don't have a title on it yet for the Ark of the Covenant and also with the Tabernacle. But I just finished a narrating a, a documentary on the Last Supper. And it's called Eating with the Enemy. I love this title. And if you want to see the prequel to that, same company I worked with, uh, Ingenuity Films, Brent Miller's company, does a great job. Um, I did a documentary I narrated called Before the Wrath, and it deals with the second coming. And it's pretty, pretty educational. Uh, and I hope people take a look at it because it's actually the number one documentary for five months on Amazon last year. So uh, beforetherath.com, you can check out that thing right there. So, so you're um, always welcome to promote anything on here I love it. and bring on your crew with you, your co-stars. Okay. We will definitely support you because awesome. I know what it's like because I have many friends in the business that also call me because they said, Cindy, you have to be the front for us because we don't, we can't do it. We're going to lose our jobs. Yeah, it's amazing. Look, I just flew in United Airlines. This woman, flight attendant, I met her a couple times before in planes. I know she's a big fan. So this time she took the time when I, I got out of the bathroom, she cornered me. She said, she goes, look. I want to tell you, she goes, I'm from Haiti originally. And she said, um, I didn't get the shots. I didn't, I don't, I don't love wearing the mask. They fired me and my husband, who's a, who's an, who's a, a pilot. And she goes, here I am a year and a half later, they brought us back. What does that tell you? And she said, but I got people here that won't fly with me, that fly, fellow flight attendants, because I didn't get the shots. And I'm going, you know what? God bless you and good for you. Because it's, it's insane that they're using these shots as an experiment always. Fauci and Gates should be in prison for what they've done. I've got a very dear friend that, that, that was pregnant, and I begged her, do not get the shots. She got the shots. She was six months pregnant. The baby died within three weeks. They did an autopsy. The baby was filled with blood clots. Coincidence? Yeah. I you will tell, tell you. They got to live with that the rest of their lives. I took the second shot on my arm permanently. They put it. I don't know what they did, but I had pain forever. I had been three times to the doctor and I took a booster. Yeah. I, my arm will never be the same. Yeah. It's sad. We're being used as guinea pigs, you know, and it's unbelievable that we got to go through what we're going through here. And it's just, you know, when you got Fauci back in 2017, I'm happy to show the clip. He's saying it takes seven to 10 years of testing before we bring out a drug. They brought this out in less than a year. There was no testing. And wait, they're going to make a mass mandate? Oh, sure vaccine they are. mandate sure. in, in September so that we don't have to go to vote. 
Yeah, that's exactly what they want to do. Or more, more mail-in voting, right? That's right. So they can stuff the ballot boxes. It's incredible. It's it is it is pure evil what's going on right now in this country. It is, but we have people like you fighting for us. People like your wife. I mean, education is key. And you need to have her on the show to talk about it, homeschooling. We definitely will yeah. because I can definitely uh, talk a lot about a lot of different areas with her that she probably well, isn't even aware of that many people think that homeschooling is safe and, and private schooling is safe and it's not safe because there's ways that the left infiltrates into it. Yeah. Yep. So Kevin Sorbo, thank you so much for joining us and come back soon. I don't want to have to wait a year and a half. I know. Sorbostudios.com. Go. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Cindy. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, your host for Black and White, and I'm also an investment advisor with over 50 years of experience in investing. Inflation is at a near 50-year high, and perhaps going higher. The capital markets for the first six months of 2022 was the worst performing in almost 50 years. Two generations and perhaps more have never experienced this level of inflation. You may have had some significant declines in your portfolio of investments in the first six months and are asking, what does the future hold? And by the way, what should I be doing now? I have grave concerns that we have not seen the peak in inflation. And because it may be around for some time, I want to introduce you to the Black and White Gold Ownership Program run by Ira and his team at Advisor Metals. So go to blacksandwhites.us and click on the gold bar to take you directly to Ira to work with him to see if gold is right for you and your portfolio in protecting your investments. This is Dan Perkins. Thanks for listening. Hello. I am Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I am asked a lot by people of all backgrounds from all over the world, what is a Jewess Patriot? And why am I the Jewess Patriot? I am the Jewess Patriot because I am a Jewess. I am a Jewish woman. And I am not part of the woke society. I was born a woman. I am proud to be a woman. I am honored to be a woman. And in my religion, every Friday night, men bless their wives at the Shabbat table for all the work women do to bring about a wonderful family and support for everyone in it. So I have no problem being a Jewess. Patriot, I am a proud American. I happen to be Jewish, but I am an American and I am very proud to be a part of a superpower, a democracy, a part of a system that allows women to work, women to own businesses, women to make decisions for their families. Women are able to drive and be educated Women are allowed to dress as they please, even if it's ugly and really gross. Women are allowed to be who and what they are. But most important, I can use my voice as a patriot to fight for our rights. Because regardless of what you say around the world, Women are being tortured for voting, for speaking up, 
for wanting more than what they're allowed in their governments. And many women today, and it's going to be very hard to say this, so I'm going to say very delicately. Many women today for the first time in America in a very long time are fighting for their rights in these sports arenas, in the areas of competition. Suddenly, it's very fashionable to not be a woman. I am a proud woman. I am a proud American. And that's why I am the Jewess Patriot. Now, the show, The Jewess Patriot, does hit on headlines and trends. So that means as a Republican and as a Patriot, I am going to have a lot of politics about democracy, the Constitution, and amendment rights. But that doesn't mean that I discourage Democrats for joining a conversation. In fact, I encourage it. If anybody out there knows AOC or anybody else on the squad, please tell them I'd love to come on and have a respectful conversation with them. I embrace discussion. I embrace conflict in a discussion and finding a peaceful resolution if possible. But we're way, way more than politics because we are all built on a concept of individuality and each one of us have individuals have many likes. Some of them overlap and some of them don't, which is why I bring you authors of brand new books, actors and filmmakers, leaders of nonprofit organizations, people in the fields of medicine and business, people who you are interested in, people who you should be interested in. We are here for conversation, engagement, and for education in a positive way. Am I perfect? No, but neither are any of you. But that's why this show is so important. Because while I am a Republican and a Jew, I am also an American, and I understand the importance of a two-party system and the freedom that we have in this country to go to the movie we choose to go to, to drive the car we want, to wear the designer's clothes we want, and have the freedom of talking to one another without getting killed. Think about that. And I hope you spread the word about the Jewess Patriot because we want each and every one of you to be a part of the show. Let me know what you think. Please reach out to me through social media. I was thrown off of Twitter, so you can't do that anymore, but Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, and through the many outlets that you can reach me through. Whether or not it's iHeartRadio with Spotify, Podbean, Deezer, Rumble, YouTube, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV. If you stream it, we're on it. In your car, in your home, 
at work, whether or not on radio, AM, FM, a podcast, or a television show. And we are growing because of people like you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of the Jewess Patriot. Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.